Hi, I'm Raylene Taskowski, and I've talked to over 10,000 women about sex over the past decade. Welcome to the Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast. Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like... How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And... How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also... Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree. It's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. (laughs) You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast, hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guest. And today's guest is Christy LaFleur, who I know nothing about. I just met her on a comedy (laughs) website. So <laughs> you're going to learn today. <laughs> going to figure it out. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super psyched. And I was like, oh my God, there's a sex ed podcast. Oh my God. Can I swear? Oh, absolutely. Fuck yes. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. There was no chance I was ever going to um, be able to do a non-explicit one because I mean, I've never been a soldier, but I swear almost as much as one. oh yes we're gonna get along very well i try i try not to because like you know but it it just it just pops out and then i'm like oh you're a moron (laughs) all right so i said who wants to talk about sex and you said i do so uh what got you excited about the idea of being on a sex ed podcast i've had a lot of it (laughs) a lot of sex a lot of sex that's good. Sex is good. It's good for the soul. It's good for the body. It's good for breathing. It's good for the orgasms. It's good for the orgasms. Yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Me too. I love penis. I like to talk about cock. <laughs> it's one of my favorite hobbies. That's funny. I actually, uh, for a straight girl, I prefer not to talk about penises as much as I have, <laughs> as little as I have to. Like, they're there for a reason, but, uh, yeah. I'm a big fan. So, you do comedy in Connecticut? Um, I've done shows in Connecticut. Um, I live in Massachusetts. I've done shows in Connecticut, Mass, New York, New Hampshire, Maine. Um, just, like, you know, kind of, like, the New England area. Yeah, you sound New England. (laughs) Huh? You sound New England. Do I? (laughs) Yeah. I never get that all the time. (laughs) Really? Yeah, no, you're pretty... You pretty much sound like you're from Boston area. I get New York and I get Bo- I get Long Island and I get Boston. Yeah, um, New- Lo- yeah, I can see that. They're a little, they're pretty different. My daughter's roommate is from Long Island, and uh, it's a little, it's a little different. Yeah, that's what I was saying. When I, I lived in Virginia for a short time, and they were like, "Oh, you must be from Long Island." I'm like, "No, you're pr- you're, you're kind of off." <laughs> yeah. Well, just a little bit. It's just that people are more used to, you, you, yeah, you know what? You do have a little bit more of what sounds a little bit more New Yorker because it's just the way, the way you say your words and, and Massachusetts um, tends to throw those R's where they don't belong and take them out of where they do belong. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know. Yeah. I never picked that up. I really didn't. I don't know. So do you have, um, well, let's see, I'll just start with some regular questions that I ask people. How old were you when you lost your virginity? 17. That's respectable. Yeah, I was like, I did something 
right before I started fucking everybody. I don't know. <laughs> Penis. Oh, uh, was it like somebody you had been in a relationship with for a while or just you? It, You'll no, do. It was, a, it was a steady boyfriend. I think he, I think he got the ball rolling for, you know, the heartbreak that caused all the fucking I did the rest of my life. I don't know. Who knows? If you think about psychology wise, it kind of like, yeah. I was like, okay, I did it once. I might as well keep doing it and doing it. Yeah, that's why I think we should teach our daughters to masturbate and teach them about toys. That yeah, way. Absolutely. Then we don't, we don't have... get hurt as much. Right. Then there's always a chance of orgasm and never a chance of disease. Absolutely. You don't so, gotta wrap up a dildo. Exactly. Toys not boys. That's what Auntie Ray Ray says. <laughs> It's my core of my beliefs. I so, agree. Do you have any funny sex stories? How long do you have on here? <laughs> do you want me to go way back? Well, let's just start with one story and see where it goes. All right. So uh, a couple of years ago, I was on a lot of dating websites. And um, I, <laughs> I, I met this guy who looked attractive because his picture, you know, he looked great. So we met up to play some pool. and. Um, I didn't realize till later on when he smiled, he had chiclets in his mouth, but the sex was amazing. So I had him bend me over every time. So I wouldn't look at him to look at him smile. <laughs> you got to adapt, you know, <laughs> I kept him around. He had a huge dick <laughs> too. It was like, you know, I'm hiding in my house for a reason. One of my kids is home. So I shut all the doors in between me and his room. So he couldn't hear this shit. But um, I don't know. I mean, I've had some, uh, some, some Dayton stories. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about, um, I mean, I, I, I had no problem with hookups when, you know, I, when I was single a few years back, um, my ex-husband's a cross-dresser. Do, I don't know if that's a funny Dayton story. Well, I don't know if it's um, a dating story, but it's a funny story. It's a fun, yeah, yeah. I used to have. Is it, wait, like, is it a publicly known thing though? We're Absolutely. Not, okay, because I don't want to be outing anybody's sex lives if they're not on my show. <laughs> no, no, he, no, no, no. I, the only reason I talk about it publicly is I, I wrote jokes about it is because he actually wrote a book and he put it on Amazon talking about it. So I figured it was, you know, it's, it's okay. It's out in the open. You know, yeah, it's fair game. Fair game. Fair game. Yeah. No disrespect. Um, I used to have to fuck him with Victoria's Secret women's underwear on and I wasn't the one wearing them. <laughs> We didn't last much longer after that. I don't know. I, it's just not my, it's not my kink. You know what I mean? Right. He's a straight guy. He just likes women, clo women's clothing. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if straight is maybe debatable. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, he wore women's bathing suits too. I, I don't know. It was kind of like I ran before I found out I was, you know, a Fran Drescher show or some shit. I, <laughs> I didn't want to take that chance. So. Well, I mean, he could have been completely straight. He just likes women's clothes. That's, possibility. Possibility. You know, yep. Yep. That, that is, like you said, it's a kink. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, like I'm saying, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't my kink. Some people like their toes licked. Some like to wear women's underwear. Some like, you know, who knows? I, you know, everybody has their own thing and I don't know. That wasn't mine. I don't know. What's your kink? Oh my God. Um, Spanking. All right. Yeah, spanking. Um, I don't know if I should say this publicly. Being tied up if you trust someone. Right. It's always <laughs> got to be someone you trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh gosh, I don't know. Definitely not getting my toes sucked. 
Um, just I enough. love that. <laughs> See, some people do, and I, I, I get it. I get it. I was going to say, what's, you know, is it okay to ask what's yours? <laughs> I, I mean, I would say that's the, literally the only, I'm so weirdly vanilla for somebody who does what I do, but I did have a, a past boyfriend who liked to suck on my toes and it was wicked. Yeah. Like whatever works for you. Yeah. If it, if it gets you excited, that's, that's all I give a shit about. You know, if it's in my bedroom, right. under my roof. Yeah. It is weird. I don't have a lot of kinks. Like I like to fantasize, but the things that I fantasize are not things that I actually want to happen. It's Can kind of like, <laughs> it's like our family's Christmas list. If you write it on the Christmas list, it means you really don't want it because you're not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> Can we expand on that? I'd like to get to know you a little bit. I just, I just like to fantasize and it's stuff that I wouldn't do. And, and, uh, well, like, um, like, I think I, I would like to fantasize about being roofied. Oh, okay. Where, where I would be enthusiastically participating in sex versus just being like, oh, we're doing this again. Yeah. (laughs) Something different. Yeah. I have this one weird um again this is not something that i want to happen um but i the the fantasy starts that i'm at someone's house and then i get roofied so i'm like yeah i'm i'm down for anything like i don't know does roofies make you pass out or does it just make you differently weird i've accidentally been roofied before by someone that i didn't know in a drink of mine at a bar and it's not a good feeling no, okay. Then I don't want. That. I want like I don't know, maybe ecstasy. Whatever, whatever it is that makes you. Oh yes, just yes. I heard that does it. Sexually open to everything, yep. but then um, we get dressed up as characters from um, like Alice in Wonderland and other fantasies like that. And of course, in the fantasy, I'm you know sexy. Like <laughs> I don't look like <laughs> me. <laughs> and uh, and then there's you know like a dungeon. And we just do the dungeony things. And, and so that's just like, it's a, it's a way to, you know, rock my own world when I need to go, need to get there. Um, but it's not, it's like literally not anything that I would actually like to do. First of all, there's way too much effort into every step of that. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to participate in too much. <laughs> I am a pillow princess and, and I... <laughs> married someone who's the pillow king so it's perfect like yeah everybody has their own thing like whatever gets you there too is is what gets you there and i do fantasize about being spanked but i know for a fact that i do not like it so (laughs) at least you tried no no it was in it was in school (laughs) oh catholic school i went to a christian school with spankings for punishments and i promise you i do not like spankings gotcha i gotcha i don't blame you then but i do like to fantasize about liking spankings but i don't you know yeah so there we go there's something i've never revealed on my podcast before oh my god oh my god i'm the first one Yeah. yeah i popped your cherry that's awesome yeah, I don't usually divulge too much about. I mean, I, I, anything that I say on stage is fair game, but yeah, yeah, I I understand. Yeah, how about you? Got any fantasies? What do you use to get yourself there? Oh God, um, Matthew Gray Goobler from Criminal Minds. Um, I don't know, like a like a doctor fantasy kind of thing, I guess, or a lawyer fantasy, like something where there's like a you man like in a powerful position of power. Men. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Was that obvious? <laughs> yeah. Like once you started listing, you know, what's weird is I am, well, it's not weird. I never allow my fantasies to have a face. Like I oh. not, not because I think it's like cheating on my husband or anything like that, but because if you put a face to it and then you ever do wind up having sex with them, they're going to disappoint you. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, I get it. Cause they're never going to live up to it. There's absolutely no way. Exactly. Not that I know anybody that would uh, give me ecstasy and dress me like um, <laughs> Snow White. You but. never know. You never know. Don't, don't put that out there and ask. You might right. get some messages. No. Happily, <laughs> happily married. I, you know, I'm telling you, I would be the most disappointing sex partner anybody could ever fantasize about. I mean, unless their fantasy was like, there's, I was just reading about one where um, it's not quite necrophilia, but it's like, it's a warm dead body. <laughs> oh, shit. I see. Yeah. See, there's some lines I don't cross. No, I mean, you're not actually dead, but it's like a drugged, they have, they have sexual fantasies about a drugged body. Um, <gasps> and well, I mean, isn't that kind of what roofing, I mean, isn't that what, yeah. that was what Bill Cosby was into. So that is, that's somebody else's That's king. true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that bad. I'm participatory. I'm just not enthusiastic. <laughs> Until the finish line. I'm very enthusiastic at the finish line. I loved your, uh, is it Gianmarco? I don't want to mispronounce his oh, name. Oh, he's so funny. Gianmarco, yeah. Gianmarco, the, the, the moaning contest. I was rooting for you the whole time when you were telling that story. I'm like, she needs that money. <laughs> I, I got half of it. So, I mean. That's I awesome. Got a nice birthday present for my daughter. It's so weird because when I go and I look at um, the history of my life, and, and I talk about the universe and I talk about, um, you know, like um, manifesting. I have never not had what I needed when I needed it ever. Like it just, oh, and that was one of, one of those, like I used to, um, I, it was actually almost a business strategy of mine. When I lived in Alaska, they had bingo, legal bingo on every corner and they had it like every single night of the week. And so if I needed money, I would do what was called floating a check. So I would write the check, play bingo, win at bingo, buy my check back, and then go pay my bills. And it would happen like on a constant monthly basis. And there was things like that contest when I needed extra money, that contest just hit and I won the money. And so it's just always been like when I look at the universe, it's always taken care of me because I always just trusted that the money would be there when I needed it to. But it never turned into extra money. I've always had exactly enough. You got a picture that extra and it's not easy to manifest shit. I've right. tried so many times. Yeah. I tried to manifest men on dating websites. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you should try to uh, manifest just happiness because, you know, then yep. that might be a thing or, you know, I don't know. I it wouldn't, is. I mean, the, the dating websites, I've, I personally have never been on one because they didn't exist back when my, well, no, I don't, I don't think they did. Because we've been together 26 years. I don't know when they started, but I know oh, they had shit. the personals in the newspaper ads. Yeah, I don't even think it, it was the AOL. Around oh, there was the yeah, AOL. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. ASL. Yeah. 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 A yeah. Age, sex, location. Location. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's when I started going downhill. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, off the, I'm off that BS. I've been off that BS for two and a half years. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I was literally just talking earlier today with an, another comedian, and I was just like, I never want to go back to the dating world, ever. 
Like, oh, it's horrible. I it was can't horrible even two imagine. Years ago. Yeah. Are you with somebody now? Yeah, yeah. I've been with my boyfriend for about two and a half years. Um, thankfully, he got me off dating websites, <laughs> and he's good in bed, so it's a win-win. That's a win-win. Oh, it really yeah. is. Yep. That good in bed is hard to. It's hard to quantify. Because you could be good in bed with one partner and not be good in bed with the next partner because it just depends on what that partner wants Absolutely. or needs. Absolutely. So yes. that's... Match. Yeah. And that's why, like, I know that I'm lucky because my husband and I are, like, our, our uh, libido levels are fairly the same. Like, neither one of us is having to beg for it from the other person. And, you know, it's, it, it, we line up so well. I'm so lucky. I think that's, that's part of, I don't know, I'm not a marriage expert by any means. I've been married twice, but um, I think that has a lot to do with it. I don't know if you can give me any advice on that part. Um, well, communication is always good, and, and it's awkward for people to talk about sex, and so you've got to find a way to talk about it. And yep. uh, I remember one time, this is before, before I was selling the products and before I was talking about it all the time. Um, we had tried this position that I very much liked. And then I didn't say anything for like years. And then, you know, one day, I don't know, I was probably drunk or something. And I was like, remember that thing that we did that time? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I really like that. And that's how that got back on the rotation because I had to tell him, could you imagine? All right. Cause you're very comfortable talking about sex. I had doggy style sex once in the first like 13 years of our marriage <gasps> and I loved it but then I didn't tell him I loved it uh. until way later and so now it's like half of the time that's the way we do it because it's fucking amazing it really is it really but I went like and and I would imagine yeah, I think so. like the first trying to think of where we were in our lives. I think the first five or six years, we never did it. And then we did it the one time and then we didn't do it again for the next five or six years. And I was just like, why? That... Wow. Because I was afraid to say that was, can we put that on, can we put that on the menu, please? I like, let's do it that way. Yep. I remember I saw a meme one time and, and it was like a medical person had said, doggy style is physically the worst position for a woman to have sex in. And somebody else said, shut your fat mouth, Linda. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, that's how I feel. You shut your mouth. I don't know how many women are going to agree. I don't know if you've asked other women, but I, I fucking agree. It's amazing. I like it. Yeah. I it, love it. Depends again on who you're with. Right. Well, yeah. And it, de it depends on your body too, because I think, yep. I mean, as I've said on every single occasion, every single woman's body is different. Every single woman's clitoris is in a different place. Yep. Um, at least, you know, maybe not the top part of it, but the bottom part of it. So, you know, and, and just because somebody that you were with before liked something doesn't mean the person that you're with now is going to like that. And it might not do anything for them whatsoever. So that's why it's important to communicate to your par partner what you like. And I know it's awkward. I know it is. But just when you get done, while you're still in the afterglow, say, I really enjoyed that. I like that position. I'd like to do that again. So that it's not awkward. Because if you wait five years and then you go, hey, remember that time we did that thing? Now it's awkward. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I can't. Do you have any jokes about sex? I do, actually. I have, um, I have a joke about um, 
banging a Russian guy and being a Democrat, but I couldn't come because I didn't want to betray my country. <laughs> I'm so honored that you laughed at that. You have no idea. Like with your with your resume, you just you just made my my holidays. You, I shit you not. Like. <laughs> I have my comedy resume is nothing. It's just that I've been doing direct sales for so long. So, you know, I've got, I've got the thing that I do well. And when I, I mean, when I do comedy, people are just like, where'd she come from? (laughs) I think people say about me, why the hell is she doing this? (laughs) I, I say that about a lot of comedians, but I also know that, you know, most of the time I'm seeing them at open mics or, um, you know, bringer shows or showcases where they're all just working their thing out. They're just working it out. Who knows? They could be famous Absolutely. someday. Absolutely. Yeah. Those open mics are tough because I don't, I, I think they're great, but if you're around too many comedians and not enough audience members, there's too many egos in one room and people don't like that. I say that, but it's the fucking truth. Right. I remember I did a, an open mic and I think there were 30 guys there and one other woman. Oh God. And then me. Yeah. And I did my five and I knew it was good because I know when it's good, but nobody laughed at all. Yep. Like there was nothing. And afterwards, there were guys coming up to me and go, man, you were hilarious. That was, that was so great. You know? And I was like, hey, you know what would have been awesome? If you had laughed, that no would have been helpful. Right? right? But they were like, they all liked it. But because I talk about penises a lot, guys get uncomfortable and they don't want to laugh. But if they're there with their girlfriends, they'll laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's, it was, I got annoyed. That was the day. I think that was probably the last real open mic that I did. Cause I was just like, there's nothing for me here. Like you're not paying attention. And if you are, you're purposely not laughing. Whereas I will laugh if your joke is even close to being a good joke, I will, I will laugh. And if it's a good joke, I will laugh heartily. Like that is, laughter is a gift. Absolutely. Right. Especially to the person on stage. I remember I was at a show one time and it was, it was a comedian's worst nightmare. It was just a big open ballroom and everybody was sitting at round tables. Right. So it's just tough. tough. And um, it was Tammy Pescatelli and she's fantastic. And oh my so, god! And and she's doing her jokes, and she's getting nothing from the crowd, and so I just started doing my laugh, and you know, eventually people started to pick up on laughing, and by the end, we, you know, it's like, and it wasn't really. I mean, her jokes were good. People just weren't. Well, she's amazing. She's weren't amazing. laughing, and I was like, no, 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 I'm I'm gonna fix this right now. And if they're not gonna laugh at her, they're gonna laugh at me for laughing, and at least they'll be laughing. Right. I was just, I'm so annoyed. with. Don't go to a comedy show if you don't want to laugh. You know, I think I want to say in the aspect of like, when it comes to open mics, there's always a large, there's a large male crowd and, and they do override the females. And I think like what you said, oh, I was just done because I'm talking about penises. Like, you know how many stupid ass shit and fart jokes guys can talk about, but so God many. forbid I talk about my vagina. And it's not funny. No, fuck you. It is funny, but you can't laugh at that because you feel like I'm demeaning you in some way or emasculating you because I'm taking your territory too fucking bad. Like if it's funny, I'll laugh at anybody. Right. I I support everybody and comedians or not. It doesn't matter. Like we're, we're all supposed to be trying to make people laugh. And if it's funny, it's funny. 
Too many people are busy shitting on other people because they feel like it's a knock against their ego or their material, and, and it isn't. Right. And I've got, cer- I've got certain subject matter that I just don't like, but damn, if you can make me laugh, you know, uh, about an abortion or about Jesus or, you know. At I, least I, try. Right. Well, I mean, there's, there's some where I just roll my eyes and I'm like, well, that's a hack joke and it's not that funny. It's just, yep. you know, but um, if you can actually make me laugh at one of those things, then I'm like, all right, that's a well-written joke right there. I love yeah. to listen to live comedy. I love to watch live comedy. Um, but I mean, our, our whole, we started talking just about um, open mics, but that's a requirement for people to get better at their jokes. But for yep. somebody like me, I have my direct sales crowd. So anytime I have a new joke, I just try it out on the new, the new, the direct sales crowd until I've got it nailed. And they don't know that I'm, pra- a lot of times they don't know that I'm practicing jokes. Or if I say something and it bombs, I'll be like, that was just something I was trying out for my comedy act. I guess I won't use it. Right? <laughs> if it bombs, if it bombs. <laughs> if it bombs in a living room of seven women, you know, then I don't have something. But I, I remember I come home from Nashville and I was talking there. I had this whole bit about um, Spanx and how I got trapped in a restroom uh, because I had pulled my spanks down and I didn't have enough room to pull them back up again, which has actually oh, happened more than stories. once. And, um, and I'm, so I'm just telling the story and there's this girl and she is just dying laughing on the couch. And she goes, you have got to do stand up comedy. And I said, Oh God, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because that, that well, was it. Know. Cause that's what I was technically doing. I was trying out, <laughs> I was trying out a joke and she was just losing it. And, and I'm like, all right, well, this works for me. And that's so much easier than when you get on stage actually anytime. Yep. I used to tell people before I started doing stand-up comedy again, I had tried stand-up comedy when I was 27 and I was horrible. And I had no, no bits, you know, somebody just gave me a microphone and said, do five. Right. And, um, and I, but it was, I was one of those, well, everybody says I'm a funny person. I should just go do comedy. Right. But I hadn't really. Oh Yeah put any effort or thought into it and so then I tried for like six weeks and I bombed hard one night and then I was like yeah okay this is not for me this is a lot harder than it looks so and then we come to and and then everybody would say you should do stand-up comedy you should do stand-up comedy and I'm like no I do sit down comedy that's where we're like we all just sit around the table and I make you pee yourself laughing but I don't yep. want to stand up because that's a lot harder and it's what I call, once you are in an audience where people paid to get in, you now have, a, they're hostile, right? Yes. So if you're just sitting around a kitchen table or if you're just doing a direct sales party and you're making, people aren't expecting to laugh and so they will freely laugh with you. But yes. once you get into an audience where they paid, they're kind of like, I paid $20. You better yep. make me laugh, right? And, and it's, it's a completely so different feeling. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's so intimidating. And, and I, if I had a dime seriously for every time I heard so many guys in my inbox say, Oh, well, all my friends say they're funny. That say I'm funny. I should do stand up. I'm like, like, you can't tell them, listen, you have no idea what it's like because then their egos get deflated and they get pissed off at you. And then here comes the angry messages and the dick pics in your inbox because they want you to suffer and look at their ugly ass penis. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, no, just tell them, just tell them, hey, you know what? Let's, I'll meet you at this open mic and you can see if it's for you. 
Because that's what I do. sets people up is getting on yep. the stage with a microphone for the first time. <laughs> I've never had one guy do it and I can't keep track of how many I've said it to. And there's no women because women aren't stupid. Women know that you have to put in effort for everything you do. Right. If, if anything, only because you're a female, but I'm not going to talk about sexism, but that's a large part of it is that being a female, especially in comedy, there's not a lot of us and there's not enough. Right. And, and the ridiculousness that women aren't funny. What kind of bullshit is that? I hear guys say that just, just to piss women off. I, uh, you know, and, and I've had it's guys. It's gotta be because we're yes. fucking hilarious. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I, I know so many amazing guy comedians and they're super nice and they're gentlemen. I also know a shit ton of dickhead guys that are comedians that have mispronounced my name on stage or have, you know, I've been the only host that's a, the only woman on a show and I've been the host and God forbid I'm a host and I'm a female and you know, you're at an open mic. And you're not getting paid to be where I'm at because I've, I've already pissed you off for no reason. And just run jokes straight at my face just because you're mad because I'm in a position you want to be in. Well, you need to work for it right? or something to that nature. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't get to me because I understand that you're jealous. But I, I'm also where I'm at, not because I'm sucking dick, because, but because I know how to work with people and talk to people. And I'm not an asshole. Right. There's you definitely know? a lot of those out there. I don't get as much shit as probably most women do because I'm, in most cases, almost old enough to be their moms. Like a lot of the guys, you know, most of them, I'm, I'm significantly older than almost all the comedians that I know. And so I don't get a lot of the, the bullshit. You know, I know that a, a lot, there's a lot of sexual harassment um, and stuff like that. Or as I like to call it, just really bad pickup lines. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm out of that because I'm so much older than most of them. Um, I almost sometimes feel like, I feel like I don't, I don't know, how do I put this? I feel like because they don't give me any shit, they also just don't notice me. You think you know so? I mean? I'm, I'm just thinking a female in general, even though like, like, I don't think you're too far from my age, honestly, where you haven't if you haven't experienced anything I'd be surprised to hear that I really am like just being a female in general at some point I think you would have come across something that maybe you didn't oh, I don't yeah. know no, you know I'm 52 I don't know how old you I'm are I'm 40 I'm gonna be 41 actually so we're not yeah. that far off <clears throat> yeah but it just um I mean I like I like doing comedy I just I mean I think I'm just like everybody else I like doing comedy I just I, maybe I'm just too, I'm, I'm at the age now where I'm just like, ugh, I don't want to work that hard for anything. <laughs> maybe, maybe that comes across. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you could think of anything, maybe that's the main reason is because they, you, you seem like you don't get upset and maybe they don't feel like it's worth their time because it's, it's yeah. something that their goal is unattainable. Maybe. Right. Maybe they don't, don't harass me because you got four of them show up in one ratty ass car to an open mic. And then I do my five minutes to go get my Mercedes and go home. And maybe they just don't fuck with me. <laughs> you have a Mercedes? Yes. That explains it. That explains it. They're all vaping in the parking lot near one shitty fucking car drinking their craft beers. and Right. And I've got my Mercedes with my custom license plate and they all know I sell sex toys. So they're like, we're probably not going to mess with her. Oh, oh, see that if they know. Yeah. You know what? If a man knows that you might have dildos on you at any point in time, that might scare the shit out of them enough not to fuck with you. Because I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to take my spare dildo in my trunk and shove it up your ass and light it. Right. 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's funny. It's just, I'm in a different place. But so I had noticed, okay, well, I mean, I don't think I'm the only one who's ever noticed. And, and it has changed recently. And I really, really, really appreciate it. But for many, many, many years, your very successful, well-known female comics were unmarried with no children. And, and they had dedicated their entire lives to comedy. And so, really? yeah, well, we're, um, uh, Kathleen Gad- Madigan or yeah, is that right? Uh, her and, um, who's the one who had a mental breakdown and then came back her. I don't remember. I'm so horrible with names, but all these I know fe- me too. female comics that I really looked up to and really loved, but I noticed that a lot of times, uh, you know, because they, because when you become a mom, you can't really be a road comic. You can't really be at an open mic seven nights a week, like the guys can. And yeah, so I true. noticed, but now we've got like Ali Wong who did her special while she was pregnant. And then, I love her. Yes. Yes. Baby Anaconda. Was it right? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. so now women comics are coming out and they're being like, yeah, no, I can be a comic and be a mom. I can Hell do yeah. both things. And, and then, uh, what's her name? The blonde, um, who's, who, I don't know. She just had her baby. I talk Amy about Schumer? her. Yeah. I swear to God, I talk about her like almost every episode and I can never remember her freaking name. <laughs> she seems to have fallen oh, off. And like-, like Chelsea Handler, she never got married, doesn't have any kids. So yep. there really was started, like I started to notice um, a trend that if, because if anybody thinks that you get famous because you're lucky, you're crazy. There's a yeah. tremendous amount of effort that goes into that luck. Yep. And sometimes it is being at the right place at the right time, but you're not getting famous if you're a shitty comic who just no. happens to be in the right place at the right time. There's a ton of effort that goes into it. And it's, you know, I, I remember my husband one time he was, um, we were going to a show and he's like, you're going to say the same jokes you always say, why aren't you going to get more material? And I'm like, because the one the jokes that I have now aren't finished yet. And he's like, Well, it's the same people and they keep saying the same things. I'm like, Yeah, that's what that's that's what it is. It's literally saying the yeah. same thing over and over and over again until it's perfected. So if somebody's got an yep. hour's worth of good time, they have put some shit time into it. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, it's not magic. For some reason my husband literally thought like Robin Williams got on stage and just said shit for an hour and never had to practice it. <laughs> And no I, way. No. I, I honestly think there's a lot of people who think that. They think that somebody just gets up on stage and, you know, because you've seen the guys at the open mic just grab a mic and just babble for five minutes with no direction whatsoever. It is torture as a motherfucker. Right. I had torture. a friend did it one time and she, she was supposed to get, you know, five minutes and 15 minutes later, she's still babbling and nobody wanted to just go up and go, hey, stop. Oh my God. Why? I've done it to people. Yeah, so there's all so much effort that goes into it, but I'm glad to see that the female comics now are being able to do it and have their babies and be moms. Because if you yep. look back, you know, up until a couple of years ago, there wasn't a lot of comics who were moms. Yep. I didn't even think of that till you just pointed it out. But yeah, now that I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about some of my favorites, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, and you know what? They both the life experiences on both sides can provide so much amazing material. 
Right. That how can you, you know, if you live the single life, I, I lived the single life and then I wrote jokes for my single life and having kids. I write jokes from having kids. I think if you know how to tap into that and you have a talent and you want to work on it, you can write about anything. Yeah. Seinfeld made the most mundane things hilarious and his following was phenomenal. I know my and it husband was, loves him. I didn't get into him till I was older because I honestly didn't understand it when his wave was coming through. I was only like 12 years old. Right. And then as I got older, I was like, oh my God, it's, it's amazing. He takes the most simplistic things, blows it up, but he knows how to do it in, in a way that people can relate to it and make it funny. Right. And that is a chore. Like it was, it was that is real what's happening. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's the tagline. It's a show about nothing. And you know, I mean, he's not my fa my most favorite stand-up comic, but as far as that show is concerned, wow! Like yeah. I'm in awe of it, even with the repeats. And my husband's always listening to it. I got him like the full box set, like once upon a time. And I'm like, but I don't want to be here when you listen to it. You're a good wife, though, because you sacrificed what you like in order yeah. to get him what he wanted. He he likes he likes his show about nothing. I like I things like so. the Big Bang Theory. I love that show. I really do. And it's another. It's a well written show. And that's also why I like Eliza Schlesinger so much because her comedy is smart. I like a good, smart comedy, and I'm happy to see she's married. I hope she gets to have kids because she has put in the effort to be a famous comic, and now she deserves to, like, stop being on the road so much if she needs to and go yep. have another life. I used to watch her on a dating show when I couldn't sleep at, like, 2 a.m., and I'm, I'm at a loss for what it is now. Um, and I didn't even know she was a stand-up comedian. I don't know if it came before it or if she was kind of just so low-key comic. Oh, it was yeah, after yeah. it? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, no she's idea. been around I for a long it. time. Wow. I've seen some of her stand-up, and I, I really didn't know that. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've been probably, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say obsessed with comedy, but I love to laugh, and I love... I really just love well-written comedy. I love to watch people perform well-written comedy. And, yep. and that's, it's such an amazing skill and I, I love it. And so, I mean, I, I'm never go, I don't want to be one of those people like, I'm never going to be at that level. Cause I'm probably not. I'm a different kind of comic. My stand-up comedy sex ed show is more of like a, a it's a comedy show, but it's also an education show at the same time. It so. really is great, though. It's a good time, and it's fun to listen to. I've listened to uh, quite a few of them beforehand coming oh, on thank here. You. And it's nice to be able to come out and talk and, and be able to be free, especially being a female, and, and talk about sex and things like dick, dildos, assholes, <laughs> and getting bent over. You know, it's, it's right. just, it's freeing. Why can't we? We all do it. Right. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, that's why I have this show so we can talk about sex and that's why I do my comedy and that's why I do my stand-up comedy sex ed and that's how I pay for my Mercedes. <laughs> and you got a Mercedes, see? It's yeah. a win-win. You're doing what you love and you, I don't drive a Mercedes. I drive a fucking Hyundai. <laughs> hey, I drove a 2000 Toyota minivan for 318,000 miles. Toyotas are the shit. 
And my husband, when I went to go buy a new car, said, you need to get the Mercedes because he'd been watching me lust after Mercedes, a specific car <laughs> for years. And he, and I was like, you know, I'll just get a Ford Explorer. And he goes, no, because you've been driving that one. You've done all of these sales. You've done all of these things. And it's time that you had a, you know, a car that you deserve and you deserve the Mercedes. So he pays for half of it. So, That's awesome. You know what? It's much like comedy. If you work for something that hard and you deserve it, why not be happy and enjoy it? I can't it's believe like that I survived else. COVID and I still haven't missed a car payment. It's been three years. <laughs> I had no parties this year. I had, I had no, well, no, like I think I've done seven since mid July. Well, seven since March. Right. And normally I do six or seven, um, like a month. And wow. so there's been nothing, but look, I had my comedy show on February 28th, right before everything shut down that set me up for a couple of months and, uh, and then just outside sales, people buying stuff off the website or, and I survived. Well, that, and I had unemployment too. So that definitely helped. Yeah, that was, that was a great thing. You know, I wish a lot more people had gotten it, but it was, it was good that they did that because it gave people the opportunity to be able to afford their lives. Like they fucking should with this bullshit going on. Right. And it's not self-employed. I've been self-employed for 14 years. So I've never qualified for unemployment before. Yeah. To, to, for them to open it up for people who are gig workers and self-employed people, musicians, artists, things, things like people like that to be able to get it. The only, the only thing is you had to, I mean, you can be a gig worker, but you have to keep track of your income. If you yep. ever want to be able to qualify for the unemployment of the world and for loans and stuff like that, a lot of gig workers bury their income because they don't want to pay taxes on them. And the only yeah. reason I got unemployment is because I am on point with making sure I claim everything because I, I wouldn't have qualified for a car payment if I hadn't been, you know, real solid about writing my mon- my numbers down. And that's why I got the unemployment because I write it down. I pay my damn taxes. Yeah, so, you have to. You can't think you're going to skirt by and just be like, "Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme." I mean, you got to show up. Right. <laughs> you and I show something. A couple of years ago, I think um, if you make less than five thousand dollars in a side hustle, you 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 don't owe taxes on it. Like they just consider it like a hobby. I don't remember. Oh. I did look it up for somebody and I did find that once, but if you've got a side hustle, still keep track of it, right? Keep track I of your numbers and keep track of your expenses because if you can start to claim it as a business, then you can start to claim the expenses. And if you can like two years ago, three years ago when I bought the car, um, I got to take a massive loss that year because of the depreciation on the car, even though I bought the car at the end of November. And so for the first time in 11 years, my business showed a loss. So I got a big fat tax refund three years ago because I'd been paying my taxes the whole time and because I'd been keeping track of everything. So if you're going to be a gig worker, get yourself a little accountant to help you figure out how to keep track of your shit so you can not get, I mean, (laughs) you're still going to get screwed. I didn't make as much money with unemployment as I would have made my real job, but I was able to pay my bills all summer long. Yeah. And that's the important part, especially when something like this happens. I I was lucky to have a full-time job and they 
they took very good care of us when we were locked down. So I'm thankful for that. And that's good. Not doing comedy sucks, but I was able to feed my family. And that's, that's the most important part. You know, exactly. I feel bad for the gig workers that, that weren't, you know, weren't aware or didn't know about the unemployment or found out and, you know, maybe got behind or it's, it's tough living that life. I can't imagine what that's like. I, I'm thankful that I can do comedy for fun, but to have it as a full-time job is, is not easy, especially when this happens. Right. Everything's closing. I know. Uh, when I went and did the uh, last comic standing um, a couple weeks ago, a couple, <clears throat> I guess a couple months ago now, all of us were in the same situation. It was like, for almost all of us, it was our first tam- time on stage since like March. And so we were all, we were all rusty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's scary. It's terrifying. Like you feel like you I felt like I was frozen my first time up and it had only been like two or three months. And yeah. I was like, Oh my god, I can't do this and my legs locked and <laughs> it's like I gotta push through. Please you didn't it. pass out and fall off the stage. Oh my god. You know, I felt like I was going to, but that was just the anxiety. Thankfully <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> so how can people find you? Like your comedy page. Um, I am at Christie's um, Christy Le- Christy's Comedy Shows on Facebook. And it's K-R-I-S-T-Y apostrophe S. So at Christie's Comedy Shows. Um, I am at Christie134 on Twitter. Um, BooBooFU38 on Instagram. Um, Christy LaFleur on Facebook. <laughs> I'm everywhere. I think I missed a social media somewhere. I don't know. Um, uh, just your LinkedIn, I think, is the only thing you missed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't put that up on purpose. Right. I don't want anybody yeah. to see my real life. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't see that shit. <laughs> my so, LinkedIn's private. <laughs> Everything else is a go. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at standupcomedysexed. You can find me at standupcomedysexed.com and raylenetaskoski.com. And I've set up a Facebook group just for this podcast so you can participate in polls, ask questions, politely share an alternate point of view, and generally let us know what you think of this episode and all the f- um, previous episodes. So search Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast on Facebook and add yourself. Please subscribe to the podcast and share. I do want to let you know about this fun um, thing that I just got the other day. I got an, a review. Let me see if I can get to it. Um, I am now the 100. Oh, no, hold on. Where are we? Honest to God, it was right here. I don't know what happened. Oh, you know what it is? My birthday. There's 300 messages. Okay. Uh, 74th in Apple Podcasts in Colombia under the comedy. So look at us. You know, we were 156 in Bulgaria, and now we are (coughs) 74th in Apple Podcasts. And my latest review says, this is a poignant exploration of the impact of sexual health and comedy on life and love. Ray Lee, spelled wrong, but I appreciate the effort, (laughs) is a thoughtful and considerate host who brings only the best variety of guests together to discuss two of the most interesting topics of note, sex and comedy. She knows how to bring out the magic and when to step aside so her partner at the time can deliver his load of great content all over the listener's beautiful ear holes. <laughs> oh, God, that was, <laughs> that was perfect. Oh, my oh, hey, God. Hey, if you want to leave a comment and it's going to make me laugh, maybe I'll read it on the podcast. That was hysterical. I love that. (laughs) 
So Christy, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. For those of you who may have noticed some sort of interaction where there's like a, a change in the sound or something, um, Christy lost her internet connection. And then when she came back up, I forgot to hit record. So we had to re-record the second half of the show two weeks later after I got done having COVID. So <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. I am okay, except for that annoying little cough that's left in the background there. Um, but yep, fever free for four days. And Woo! it wasn't, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun, but I am alive. So thanks, Christy. Have a great night. Thanks, you too. All right, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.